0: Hey guys, what's up? It's Chris Bircher again with Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom, and this is episode sixty-eight. Accountability. Now, last episode we talked about authenticity and how we can sort of be uh, coerced into uh, expressing ourselves in a way that maybe not doesn't resemble our intentions and sort of how we define that. And uh, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about accountability and how we how we Um, regulate and ensure that we behave the way we want to behave in the world, and that other people behave the way that um, they behave in the world, and that agreements that we make with other people are kept. But first, I want a little bit bit of housekeeping. So I've recorded three interviews for the R versus Should problem, and I plan to do up to 10 more, and I'm not really sure how I'm going to get on that because I'm I'm feeling a, a shift, and this is episode 68. We started the R versus should at episode 50, so we're almost 20 episodes into the sort of the background um, um, meat and potatoes <laughs> of what the R versus should problem is, and how far-reaching this goes into our individual lives, and the, and the universe, and sort of our species. But at some point in the not-too-distant future, and I've already outlined a handful of episodes, so I'll probably make it at least episode 70. Uh, I'm going to switch gears into how we go about implementing Living More in the R and Less in the Should, sort of the how-to version, I think. So that, that's where we are. I've got an interview series coming out and some shifting into the, the how-to, and I'll probably start the interviews around the same time. So in the next month, you know, there'll be some changes. Uh, secondarily, don't forget that I am writing on Medium, and I know, I think for people that don't pay for Medium, and it's $50 a year. It's no joke. Um, You can, I think, read up to three articles a month, but my short-term goal, and I'm not there yet, is to start to release these Medium articles on my webpage, www.chrispercher.com, on my WordPress blog page where I post all this stuff um, intermittently. So right now we're doing a, a flashback memory episode on Monday a preview episode on Wednesday, and then the new episode on Friday, and so somewhere in there, like maybe on Tuesdays and Saturdays or something like that, I'm going to start to post written articles that go along with Medium, and most of this stuff is going to be pulled from what I've done in the past, and I see the first, all of the episodes that I do on podcasts and YouTube formats, are sort of drafts, right? I, I'm working through the ideas, and generally, something new emerges. And so these articles on Medium are going to be sort of the edited second draft, and I'm probably going to, most of the time, it's going to be combining ideas from, from separate episodes into a more cohesive piece. Ultimately, those will become even bigger products down the, down the line, and I'm planning on, for accountability, if nothing else, in the next six months develop some sort of how-to helpful video series and um, longer books, you know, maybe fifty to 70,000-word full-length books uh, that will be available on my website. And this being, these being things that I think are going to be the most helpful in solving the most common problems that I've suffered from and have been able to address, just to put out a different way a different voice uh for people to connect the dots in their own lives and and make improvements for example you know i i used to suffer from pretty severe anxiety and and and, and a and some social sort of phobias and i've been able to deal with those and and live a comfortable life i'm not going to come out and say i've cured myself from anxiety and for 299 you can cure you know no it's just how i was able to do it it's going to be relevant with some people. Some people are going to connect with it, and that's important. It's important. Following the uniqueness imperative and the idea that we're all unique with respect to our DNA and how we express that— there's a for every person on earth, there's a there's a there's a unique recipe for how they'll process information. And so you can't say that there are three people, you know, Oprah and Tony Robbins and Elon Musk, are gonna be able to solve the problems of the rest of the people in the world. It's not, it doesn't work like that. And so I'm compelled to participate in that world in hopes that my experiences and my processing of those experiences, when translated into a how-to type of step might help somebody. Okay, enough said. So that's some housekeeping. And this is episode 68, accountability. Now, accountability is interesting. And like last time, I want to do this again. Start with the dictionary definition, which is funny as crap to me. The more I look at the dictionary, the more I realize what an absurd... You know, most of the... It's, it's the, the, the definition is something like um, the state of being, you know, of having account. And so you 't got to look up account. And then account has some definition where you got to go look up another word. It's like this circular thing where... It, The dictionary doesn't even tell you what words mean. But what I was able to glean from reading multiple definitions from multiple dictionaries is accountability has an element of responsibility and trustworthiness for each other and ourselves. So it's like we're keeping ourselves responsible and honest by calling each other out on our shit. Mostly it's sort of the negative feedback, right? It's like, ah. Yeah, uh, you're lying, or up, uh, you're not behaving in a wise way, or up, uh, you know, th- th- your kids won't like that. You know, we're keeping each other responsible and honest by by helping each other out, and it doesn't have to be nefarious, doesn't have to be mean. You know, I think the intent is that <laughs> just like the are versus should problem, and why I'm doing this, the intent is that we live more joyous, peaceful lives on Earth, and that we reduce our propensity to hurt each other, and so. Accountability is making sure that we're all doing that and calling each other out when we're not and and praising each other, presumably, when we do. And so if you are accountable, then you are able to answer for your conduct and your obligations. And so just like, you know, authenticity, there's an element of personality and character, right? If you're accountable for your character, and this reflects in your personality, you are a person who... Uh, is honorable and has account for themselves and others. So it's about our behavior and our agreements. We make agreements with ourselves about how we want to behave. This is really the are versus should problem, right? We say, I'm not going to let this dictate how I act. I feel like this and I'm going to do this. That's an agreement I'm going to make. And I'm going to hold myself accountable for it and not let me make another agreements. And if I do, I'm going to forgive myself, but I'm going to remind myself. You know, it's, it's a process, right? It's the mechanics of doing the right thing. And then not just for ourselves, but for other people. And this is where it really gets tricky. You know, okay, accountability for ourselves is hard enough. And I think it's best and most recently understood by me in James Clear's Atomic Habits. We look at habits and what they are and why they're so damn difficult to, to make new good habits and to break old bad habits. A lot of it's neuroscience and a lot of it's just the human condition. We're going to want to eat the Doritos if the Doritos are there. We're going to want the cake if the cake is staring us in the face. It's going to be harder to make the decisions that we don't want to do, even though we know they're better for us. And, and accountability is about coming up with mechanistic ways to make ourselves do that What James Clear says is you can actually trick your physiology into doing it for you by training yourself to make the right decisions if you go about doing it in the right way. But even having said that, I'm a former smoker, recovered nicotine addict. I'm 20 weeks off or something like that now. If I had a dip, a cigarette, a cigar, a piece of gum, I'm going to be right back into it just like I was in my worst day. I can't fuck with it, right? And I know that, And that's how I keep myself accountable, by remembering that I am unable to manage that thing in my life, that if I do it at all, it's going to be full-blown, and that's going to make me feel bad. And that luckily there's no, like, it's not heroin, you know, it's not gambling, it's not sexual addiction. It doesn't create a massive cascade of consequences, which makes it even harder. I mean, I can actually sneak and do it, and nobody would ever know. That's accountability in a nutshell, if you ask me. (laughs) I've made an agreement that I am not a nicotine user. Now I have to habitualize that agreement until I believe it. That's the the short circuit kind of way. Or I can go through life and keep saying, I'm a nicotine addict. I'm a nicotine addict. I'm a nicotine addict. So then every day it becomes about saying no when I want to say yes, instead of just learning how to say no when I want to say no. (laughs) So... There's a whole lot going on with accountability for ourselves. Every time we do something, we have to run our future behavior through our filter system. And, and that's the first step. But one of the early steps in the how to is to define all what your values are. What are you holding yourself accountable for? For living more in the R, for being a good person, for being a good father, for being a good wife, for being a good worker, being a good daughter. Be, All of those things, but you have to sit down and make those agreements. If you're never voiced to yourself what you're holding yourself accountable for, you're a loose cannon. You can do whatever you want. Maybe that's the way we should live, and maybe that's how narcissists live, or selfish people live. I don't know. But I think if you want to live a better life, a more joyous and peaceful life, then you have to figure out what you want to hold yourselves accountable for. And then once you do that, that dictates sort of your behavior in the world where it gets super tricky and super frustrating. And I think why the R versus should problem has become imperative to address and why I'm doing this is because when it comes to the greater community of our species, and that's you know from our small town communities, our church, our schools, our, our extended families, our nations, our globe, all of these different subsets of groups of people, have various rules and values that they hold themselves and each other accountable for, or should. And in fact, if you look at the major constructs of humans in the last 500 years, they all were built to deal with this, (laughs) to hold each other accountable. And of course, beyond family and sort of the village and like work, you know, the next obvious one is government, right? And so what is the, one of the first things you learn about with U.S. government? Checks and balances. Well, this government was designed to regulate itself, to hold itself accountable, to make sure that it doesn't break the rules. How's that working out? Not good. Good idea, but it's just like anything. I decided I'm going to be on a diet. I am going to hold myself accountable by not eating cake. And usually we go about this wrong, like James Clear would say, by saying I'm never going to eat any sweets ever. And that's an impossible thing to live up to. And So what is the first the first time we see a cake, we may say, no, I'm not going to do that. Second time, no. Third time, you know what? Once isn't going to hurt me. And there you go. That's the problem with accountability. I mean, it really is kind of, it's all or none with respect to the mechanisms But you don't create a set of rules that says you can never screw up (laughs) because that's not, doesn't make any sense in the context of being a human being. You make a rule that says, I'm going to screw up and here's how I'm going to get back on track. You know, I'm going to slowly build a real, meaningful, repeatable, sustainable feature episode method of holding myself accountable. And it is not an all or none black and white way. It's a realistic approach. And I'm not sure if that's the mistake we made with government. You know, I think with government, it's, it's, I don't know. I, you know, it's like the education system. There's a bunch. I think the R versus should problem starts with individuals, but the idea is that we will, that will empower and teach us how to make these bigger changes because turning the battleship of um, the American political system seems so impossible that we have basically made the decision and the declaration that you can't change it, and it won't ever change. And if you look, government in my lifetime, going back to, let's say, Reagan or Carter and the political system, nothing has changed. There have been minor tweaks that are disguises to say, look how racially diverse and aware we are now. See, look, we have civil rights. Look, everything's changed. Well, bullshit, it hasn't changed. You, You've Instead of holding ourselves accountable, we basically drank the Kool-Aid and decided that even though the evidence says we haven't changed, I choose to believe falsely, knowingly, that I'm wrong, that we've changed. And then if we all look at each other and say, yeah, things have changed, and we all agree on that, then we can move forward with our lives. But you know what? It's a lie. Just like last week, it's not authentic. We didn't authentically change equality of race and gender in America ever. Instead, we came up with a whole bunch of bullshit explanations to make each other believe that we're holding each other accountable. It's like the worst... Non, it's the exact opposite of accountability. I would rather us just go. You know what? We've decided to just stay racist. That to me is better than all this fake bullshit that says we've done something when we haven't. It's like the ultimate in gaslighting. We keep looking at each other, going, "You know, are are you floating? No, I'm not floating. Are you floating? No, I'm not floating. Are you floating? Okay, I'm floating. No. Just because you say something doesn't make it true. And so that's when accountability comes in. There's an element of truth, dare I say it, or authenticity in the accountability. You have to be honest. And the way to be honest is you state your assumptions up front, just like any good experiment. My assumptions are that my values are peace, joy, family, love run everything through those filters, is me saying that uh, a black person can vote, uh, but we're going to redraw all the districts so that the black communities don't really act. that It's a lot harder for them to vote, but we say up front that it's equal. No, that doesn't pass through any of those filters. It's bullshit. It passes through the bullshit filter. And that wasn't one of our values. <laughs> Hopefully that makes sense, what, what I'm saying. And so real – now, the, the the spirit of checks and balances is incredible because that's what we need. Although I like the idea that I learned when working for the Fish and Wildlife Service, and they called this um, adaptive management, which is really the same thing, which basically says – We come up with some values. We come up with some rules. We're going to treat each other nice, and we're not going to rob, and we're not going to rape, and we're not going to go to war, and we're going to give everybody the same opportunities. Those are We all agree those are good rules to work for. Now, every couple weeks, well, first of all, we're going to hire a bunch of people to sort of be responsible for each one of those little things, and they're going to have their teams, and their jobs are going to be – not to see how much power they can gain, not to see how much money they can get from their stakeholders, not to see how embedded and in, in, in bed with corporations they can get with a bunch of offshore bank accounts and Mercedes-Benz's, not to do that, but actually to see if they're adhering to the value system and the rules that we all agreed on that we wanted. That's their job. And if they do their job well, they're gonna be rewarded and you know, they're gonna get paid and they're gonna, you know, everything will be happy. They do it bad, they're gone. Period. Fired. No bullshit. Gone. You're done. Next. Okay. And so that idea of adaptive management would be then every six weeks, month, two months, whatever it is, they go, how well are we achieving our goals? How well, What? what were our values again? Oh gosh. Yes. I was, I forgot about the peace thing. Yeah. That's important. We were getting a little bit, you know, talking about using violence to enforce joy or I don't know. And that's hard. And what I learned working for the Fish and Wildlife Service and the Nature Conservancy, trying to solve these conflicts between endangered species management and economic growth, that we have no idea how to do adaptive management. We suck so hard at it. And part of it is because we want to eat the cake. We said we were going to do this thing, but it's really hard. Do we really want to do this? Can't we just eat the cake? But adaptive management is hard. Revisiting your values as if they were novel and new, and, and being honest about how far you've deviated from them since you last checked in with them—it's not easy stuff. It's not—it's not just burdensome to sit down and do it, but it's easy to trick yourself and fool yourself. It's really hard to be honest about, you know, um, uh, how well you're listening. It's like editing your own writing. If you've ever done any kind of writing and you go through and you write a bunch of stuff and you edit it five or six times and you're like, oh God, I gotta go back and edit it again. You tend to do this thing where you start a paragraph and because you've read it seven times and you wrote it, you sort of just fill it in. You don't slow down and read each word as if it were new, as if you'd never read it before, as if you're only looking at it for grammar. That's a gift. And especially, most people can't do that with any writing but certainly not with your own writing. It's really hard to self-edit that fourth, fifth, sixth time because you just fill it in. And so that's what you do when you sit down with your group and you go, all right, how racist have we been this week? You just kind of be like, you know, and we, we haven't been. All right, just cut to the chase so we can get out of here and have a smoke break. You know, it, it's hard to honestly say we humans don't do that very well. But knowing that, we can... Figure out a way to do it better. So this idea of adaptive management checks and balances, it needs to be thrown out and restarted from scratch, probably like every six months. You know, in the in the in the context of adaptive management with specific subsidiaries and departments, right? Uh the the, the racism group has got to do their adaptive management. The bigger picture is we gotta rediscuss what adaptive management is. How's it going with all these these 10 groups? What are they doing? Are they really Are they really sticking to their guns? Are they really making changes? Are they really holding themselves accountable for their values and their goals? Are they? If not, okay, hold up, hold up, everybody. Big meeting, you know, election, whatever it is. That's what governments should do. We can do these things, but we don't. And guess what? Hard shit that doesn't receive attention doesn't get easier. We just ignore it. And that's not... That's not the way to solve problems. And, and I think that right there is a big part of why accountability is so important. Rather than hold ourselves accountable for our shit, as te- especially as technology has started to move so fast, we can't even keep, we can barely stay in our seats, right? We can barely get our things done and go to the grocery store and remember to eat and go to the bathroom because things are happening so fast. And so that, that, that creates an environment where it's really easy to just sort of blow things off and go, everything's fine. Instead of dealing with asking the question, is there a problem? Because there could be a problem, which now creates a problem where there wasn't one before that nobody wants to deal with. Instead of doing that, we can just sort of be like, everything's cool. And that's what's happened. We've gotten into this, this cynical... Um, um, concession mode—that everything's fine. Instead of a more honest yet optimistic, um, offensive strategy, a uh, proactive strategy of we know humans have problems, we know shit's gonna come up. Let's just calmly, peacefully, joyfully, optimistically scan the our environment. For potential problems, and let's build ways to do this, and train people not to cry wolf and be like, oh, there's a you know failure in sector G, everything's shut down, the planet's going to blow up, you know the, the, the the whole thing has to be redone because we suck at it, and the systems that we have in place now are sort of the antithesis of that because of the way you know we they they were organized. There was no. Va- there were no values set up first to say what do we want how are we going to do this it was more don't let nobody take my money um or what you know it was a very defensive and a very reactive structure and that's never you you can't augment and repair and modify a poorly designed machine to really solve a problem, you can make it into something that works better, but it's never going to achieve your fundamental goals unless you knock the whole thing down, take what you learned, and rebuild. We're smart enough to do it. The first draft is rarely any good. And sometimes you gotta burn it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like KEW and all of this. At some point, this will become a reduced set of videos and books and essays or whatever, articles, that cleans up all the mess that I've made in the last 68 episodes or plus interviews, right? Those They're all good. It's all meaningful. Uh, but they're all drafts toward a goal. And you never really need the perfect draft. But when it comes to holding each other accountable for nurturing the human species... Oh, we got to tighten up. And it's okay to start over, as long as you take what you've learned. I'm not saying start over from scratch, right? We're starting over knowing what we know now, which is what we've learned from the mistakes that we've made. Adaptive management is possible. Accountability is critical. Until we do it, it's not going to get any better. And if we're happy with the way the status quo is going, then that's fine. But for me personally, I'm not. I would like to see changes in in the earth, in the world, in humanity. In order to do this, we just got to hold each other. we got We got to hold each other accountable. It's a part of the solution. I'm not saying it's the entire solution. And so, the, and I think the the basic general how to that I'll sort of sneak peek here. I haven't fully developed yet. Is is simply about consequences and accolades, consequences and rewards. Right when you get somebody in government and reward them with a huge salary for being a corporate shill and modifying law to, to defend corporations and give tax breaks to the ultra-wealthy instead of the citizens, well, you know what? That That's wrong. You don't reward that behavior because that behavior has nothing to do with the value system that went into that job. <laughs> You reward behavior that adheres to, and that's a form of accountability, right? Reminding yourself, well, this is this person's behavior is in this job. Here's their job description. That's not right. Let's fire them and get somebody else. We don't do that, you know? And so there should be real consequences to lack of accountability, and there should be real rewards and accolades associated with accountability. It's pretty, I mean pretty simple, (laughs) right? Simple, but not easy. I'm Chris Bercher. This has been episode 68, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom, accountability. Thanks for listening. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, guys. Take it easy.